Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to the most must-hear podcast, Big Mouth, Small Words, Sports Talk. You know what we're going to be talking about today? We're going to be talking about the Elimination Chamber Review, WWE, WWE, all right? And the last I talked to you guys about the Rumble, what I liked, what I didn't like, it seems the WWE might be listening to Big Mouth Small Words because I'm just going to say they, they kind of listened. They cut down the time for the event, started at 7, ended sometime after 10. Be great if they were on Saturday, but Sundays are what they are. That's fine. Uh, so overall, I really liked this event. I thought the Elimination Chamber was pretty good. Pretty good. I'll get to the grading at the end of it, but uh, the women's tag title match... It's, uh, that started off the show. The Elimination Chamber match is always special. And I love that they kind of made it feel that way by starting the event with the Raw Tag Team Women's Title. And then they ended the match with the, with the, um, WWE Championship match with all the guys at the end. So I like that they did that. (coughs) Excuse me. Still kind of sick. So... Let's say, all right, so we'll start with the first match, which was the first ever tag team champions for the women, which is awesome. And the match starts with Sasha and Bailey versus Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Solid start to the match. <clears throat> it wasn't always pretty, but it was good. A lot of good double team moves. No one was lazy in the match, which is huge. Everybody sold their moves great. Nothing seemed forced. There, honestly, there were no losers in this match. I mean, every team that competed looked pretty strong, even in defeat. Plus, I liked how they had the two teams that started the match be the last two teams remaining at the end of the match. I thought that overall, they did pretty good. I mean... There was some, yeah, no, it was it was a solid match. I wish the Iconics got pushed more. I kind of wish that the Riot Squad got pushed more because they're legitimate tag teams that have been tag teams for a while. They threw Carmella and they threw Naomi in as a team randomly. They threw Nia Jackson as a team with Tamina randomly. And they're not, they've not been tag teams for a long time. They just put them in there to put them in there. But long story short, Bailey and Sasha win. I don't love them as a team, but they do deserve it. They wanted the tag team titles for the women for years. They were the ones that made that push, and they're the ones that made it a reality, and they deserve to win the championship. I mean, Sasha was crying after the match. It meant a lot to them, so fine. They want it. Don't love them, but they want it. Uh, I thought the team that benefited the most was uh, Sonya and Mandy. To me, Mandy Rose started as a complete pariah. Nobody liked her. Uh, Eva Marie, who couldn't hack it in WWE, she's doing fine for herself, but she she wasn't a wrestler. Um, Rose and Gold, they were kind of a team for a minute, and uh, everybody hated them. Everybody didn't like Mandy for a long time, but now it seems that she is starting to find herself and starting to find her character. I think that they're trying to kind of try to push her to be the next Trish Stratus. Um, she's got good moves and she's hot, obviously, <clears throat> and that sells. And obviously, her uh, 
partner Sonya is a complete MMA badass, so the future's bright for them. I think that uh, Mandy and Sonya are going to, well, Fire and Desire are going to be champions at some point. So, off to a good start with the Elimination Chamber. And what was the next match? The SmackDown Tag Team Titles. Shane and the Miz versus the Usos. <clears throat> Sorry. Shane and the Miz versus the Usos. So before the match even begins, Miz brings out his wife, Maurice. They announce that she is pregnant. Prego. Dedicates the match to her and his unborn child. At that point, I knew something fucky was about to happen. The match was good. It wasn't great. It kept my attention, but didn't love it. Shane did some crazy jumps, went through tables. In the end, the Usos won, pinning The Miz. They made Shane look amazing, and Miz look kind of weak. So, in my mind, I think that will probably end up leading to The Miz betraying Shane at some point. The Miz will want to prove that he's the better half of the team. And they'll probably go one-on-one at WrestleMania, if I had to guess. Um, so, yeah, that match, was, that match was whatever. Kind of a filler, but it was all right. And the Usos being champions now makes sense. Other than one of them getting arrested over the weekend, but that's okay. They're, they're a good team. They can carry the division. That's fine. Then you had the two-on-one handicap match between... Lashley, Leo Rush versus Finn Balor. Now, real quick, this is what didn't make any sense to me, okay? So, the match was fine. Not good. It was good, but it wasn't great. But long story short, once again, Balor is a guy. He was the first ever Universal Champion. They wanted to make a push for him. He got hurt. Ever since he came back... It's just been a year of getting shit on and shit on and shit on for not being a main event guy. He loses the, to the Universal Championship match to Brock Lesnar. Looks like shit. The guy finally gets his just due. Wins this match. Becomes Intercontinental Champion. And here's the problem. The only person to benefit from the outcome of this match was the guy that that he beat. I don't get it. Even in giving this guy the championship, you still made him look weak. I don't get what your angle is here. Like the former champion, Lashley, dominated the action every time that he was involved. And the only reason he lost his belt was because Rush got pinned. Balor is the new title holder. He could not overcome Lashley at all in this match. So he had to take out Rush. It's like it lessened the impact of him winning the title because he didn't even beat the champion. And and then it's like after the match, Lashley destroys Rush and it immediately took focus off the new champion, proving the entire segment was really just more about building Bobby Lashley than the coronation of Balor. And hopefully this doesn't set the tone for Balor's long-awaited high-profile championship run because it just doesn't make sense. They never give the guy his due. Even when he wins the belt, the end of the match ends up being about Lashley. Don't get it. Anyway, so... (coughs) 
Sorry again. Then you went to the Raw Women's Championship match, Rousey versus Ruby Riot. This match was not even really a match. Charlotte Flair came out, basically said she's the man, she's the best, she deserves the accolades, all, all that shit. She's talking all shit. Then Rousey comes out, Ruby Riot comes out, and Rousey arm bars her faster than it takes me to eat a Big Mac, which is pretty goddamn fast. So that match really wasn't anything. Then Becky Lynch, who's supposed to be suspended, comes out, and she's in crutches because she's hurt, grabs her crutch, starts beating the absolute bag out of Charlotte Flair because she took her opportunity. Then she looks at Rousey and goes, you know, Charlotte kind of beat the bag out of you with one of these before you should do it to her. Tricks Rousey. Rousey goes to hit Charlotte. She starts beating the shit out of Ronda. And by the way, kudos to Becky because she did beat the shit out of Rousey with that cane. Rousey was bleeding from the head. She had scars all over her body. I mean, Becky really did her best impression of Stone Cold Steve Austin in this. She really beat the shit out of both of them. That was pretty cool to just randomly do that. So, I didn't explain this well at all. For those of you that don't know, uh, Becky Lynch won the Royal Rumble match, so she should have main evented WrestleMania, but she tried to big dick Vince. That doesn't work out, so Vince suspended her until after WrestleMania, gave the opportunity to Charlotte. Should have explained that first, but whatever. So Becky beat the bag out of everybody. Makes Becky look strong. Still sets up the match between Ronda versus Charlotte. Fine. All in all, good. The only one that really lost was Ruby Riot, who lost in a matter of seconds and continues to look like an afterthought. Bad night for the Suicide Squad. What can I tell you? Uh, <laughs> so, quick word from the sponsor, and then we'll get right back to this. Keep tuned. So we're just going to jump right back into this. Um, so then you had Strowman, Braun Strowman, get these hands himself versus Baron Corbin. I figured this was going to be a super easy win for Braun Strowman. It's a no disqualification match. I mean, they're going to maybe have Corbin have a couple good moments. But in the end, Strowman's going to beat the bag out of him. Now... I have to drudge up the past here because of how this match ended. Very stupid. But at one point, Baron Corbin was the general manager-elect for Raw. So at one point, this was a couple of months ago, people wanted to be on his side because he was helping them with matches and giving them things. Fast forward to now. Baron Corbin has no power. He can't help anybody with anything. So when randomly Drew McIntyre's music hits and he comes out and starts helping him beat down Strowman, I'm confused as to why. Then when Bobby Lashley also comes out, it starts helping him out. 
I am even more confused. I mean, so Corbin ends up beating him because he has the help of two ginormous other people. And honestly, the entire storyline is just, I don't understand. Like, no one is better off for being involved in this. And the story itself has not been advanced in a meaningful way. Like Corbin, McIntyre, and Lashley, that trio is just a group of guys that have nothing in common who banded together to fight the babyface in an old SmackDown versus Raw video game. Like, I don't understand. Like I just said, Baron Corbin has no power. So why is McIntyre and Lashley invested in helping him at all? Makes no sense. Didn't get it when it happened. Maybe thought that Bray Wyatt was going to come back and there would be a a Wyatt family reunion to fight them. That would have been cool, but it didn't. So that was kind of stupid. But we'll move on to the final match. So the Elimination Chamber, like I said, they started with the Raw or they started with the Women's Tag Championship match to start and then the WWE Championship at the end. They build this match as Daniel Bryan can't win because there's there's five other competitors in the match and he was the first one to start. So from the beginning, they're showing you probably not going to be a win for him. Uh, Daniel Bryan defended against Kofi Kingston. New day. Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Samoa Joe, and former champion AJ Styles. This was a fucking great match. <laughs> Uh, you might have been wondering when I started this off by saying that I love the Elimination Chamber and then I'm kind of going over all the matches and saying, yeah, this was kind of dumb, blah, 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 blah. This match saved the card. This match made the card. Unbelievable. I mean, there were a million spots that happened in this that were fantastic. Every single guy in there looked strong. It was just so so the so the whole match is just so good. And then the way it ended really just made it like amazing. Like the match was already strong before Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston squared off as the final two competitors. And once that happened, the drama was nuts. It approached match of the year level. And, like, Kofi Kingston capped off the greatest week of his career from an in-ring perspective with a performance that he had. Like, so on SmackDown, uh, before, they had had a match to where the winner of the gauntlet match gets to be the last one to come out in the Elimination Chamber, which is a huge advantage. And Kofi started off the match against Daniel Bryant. And you're thinking, all right, Kofi's going to get eliminated right away because that's kind of what they've always done with him. He's an 11-year vet, and he has his whole thing with the New Day, and everybody loves the New Day. But people forget how good Kofi truly, he really is such a great competitor, and he's become an afterthought. And I love that they made it so that he's not an afterthought because he beats Daniel Bryant. The next guy comes out, it's Jeff Hardy, He beats Jeff Hardy. Samoa Joe comes out and you go, all right, well, they let him beat two guys. That's pretty cool. And he beats uh, Samoa Joe, fights for over an hour. 
and everyone was talking about Kofi like wow that was that was like a career defining moment for him this was the right booking to put him and Daniel Bryan as the final two guys they were kicking the shit out of each other it was such an amazing match and such an amazing moment and everyone was behind Kofi Kingston and they couldn't have gone wrong with either way if they had Kofi win the title, the crowd would have went nuts. If they had Bryant win the title, they would have they would have like accepted it. So long story short, uh, Daniel Bryant wins. And listen, man, like Daniel Bryant is awesome as a champion. And no matter what, like I said, this this decision would have been embraced by the fans because they have a strong connection to the New Day. Everyone respects Kofi Kingston, and they appreciate the unexpected. The outcome, I think, was the right one, especially if the creative team already made WrestleMania plans for Daniel Bryant. And, I mean, who the hell knows what's going to happen? The fans want Kofi to do it. And... What does the company do about this now? If Kofi Kingston slinks back into being a mid-card as one of the third like members of the New Day, then all of the things that he just did was for nothing. The WWE creative has to, for once in their lives, strike while the iron is hot. Give the veteran superstar something significant to do. Let him and his New Day brethren prove that they can succeed in singles competition while not diminishing or taking away the team. You can still have uh, Biggie and Xavier be a team while he does this. You don't have to break up the New Day to make this happen. The guy earned it. The fans are ready to get behind him. And with no other obvious contender for the top prize, why not give Kofi Kingston the push here? I really hope they do. I really hope they don't botch it. They could easily botch this. And I hope they give Kofi Kingston his chance. I hope the New Day wins the championship. They're the best. They are the best. I hope at WrestleMania, Kofi wins the championship and the New Day win the tag team championships. I hope the Big E gyrates throughout New York City, goes nuts. We meet up at a bar later and have a fuck ton of pancakes. That's what I hope. <laughs> so get into a grade. I give Elimination Chamber a solid B plus. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, the first match and the last match were the best ones. Uh, the women's tag team title match was great, but nothing was even close to that final Elimination Chamber match. Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston really nailed it. And that's my review. B plus, solid, 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 solid. So, thank you once again for listening to Big Mouth Small Word Sports Talk. That was the Elimination Chamber review. I'll talk to you guys later.